Hello, and welcome to the Energy Strong Podcast, brought to you by SPL. My name is Patrick Schauer. I'm joined today by my two awesome co-hosts. Kat Galloway is the owner and president of Bright Sky Environmental, based in Austin, Texas. Kat, how's it going? Hey, it's going great. So excited to be here. I think we're going to have a lot of content to cover in this podcast, and so excited to be part of Energy Strong. Also joining me is Andrew Parker, the director of ESG for SPL, based in Greeley, Colorado. Andrew, how are you doing? Doing great, Patrick. Thanks for having me here. I'm so excited that we're finally filming our first episode. Well, thanks to you both. I'm really excited to be part of this with you guys. For our first episode, we're really excited to bring you two interesting conversations that we had. The first with Luke Coates, the president and co-founder of Energy Strong, where he talks about the organization and its mission and how he views its responsibility going forward to bring together environmental stewardship and responsible energy production. Following that, we have conversation with Lonnie Porter, co-founder of the Porter Billups Leadership Academy, the nonprofit organization that we've partnered with for this quarter on the Energy Strong podcast. Lonnie will tell us a little bit more about the organization and all the great work that they've been doing. But before we get to any of that, let's get to know our hosts a little bit better. Kat, why don't you introduce yourself? Hey, yeah, so this is Kat Galloway. Um, I've got about 20 years of experience, uh, particularly on the environmental side. I've been doing consulting for about 20 years. My focus is on air quality, air permitting, and um, I've been doing oil and gas air permitting since about 2010. I've seen a lot, um, seen a lot of emissions reductions out there. Um, I have my own company. I am the founder and president of Bright Sky Environmental. And we do environmental permitting with a focus on air for upstream and midstream operators. So we are dedicated to oil and gas, and that's really in our blood, and that's what we've been doing now. So definitely have a lot of experience and excited to see who we can bring on the podcast, who I can get into the nitty-gritty details uh, on emissions with. Awesome. Thanks, Kat. And Andrew, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Thanks, Patrick. I'm Andrew Parker. SPL offers end-to-end testing, uh, measurement, and reporting solutions across the entire hydrocarbon value chain for our customers. Through the years, I've worn a variety of hats, but I currently serve as the operations manager for the Rockies business unit, as well as director of ESG, as SPL is working to bring on a number of unique solutions in the ESG space for our customers, in addition to our current offering I have a PhD from Texas A&M. I studied paleoclimates there. And so the conversation around energy and climate has always fascinated me since I joined the industry seven years ago and really excited about the contributions that this podcast hopefully will have in advocating for our industry as well as our environment. Patrick, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so my name is Patrick Schauer. I'm the owner and principal engineer at Confluence Engineering Consulting. We are a water-focused consulting firm doing water management, water planning, and uh, produced water treatment uh, design and consulting for the oil and gas industry. I've been working in this space for close to 10 years now through a variety of different companies and have always been interested in the water space uh, and how oil and gas interacts with such a crucial resource, especially in Western states. And I'm really looking forward to having some conversations around water topics and environmental topics in general. 
So since this is the Energy Strong podcast and they're helping support us in putting this messaging together, uh, we want to welcome our first guest today, Luke Coates, one of the sponsors and co-founders of Energy Strong. Luke is currently the Vice President of Methodflow Products and co-founder of Clean Connect AI. He's a very busy man. Luke, thanks for taking a few minutes out to join us today. Hey, thanks for having me. It's good to be with you. It's awesome to have you. So real quick, I think a good place to start is just to ask how Energy Strong came to be. Uh, you and Jack and a few others started this a few years ago, and the following that Energy Strong has picked up is remarkable for the short time it's been around. So tell the listeners a little bit about how Energy Strong came to be and, and what the goals were putting it together. Yeah, yeah, it was a, it was a definitely it was a group effort. It wasn't, it wasn't just me or or Jack or any, any couple people. It was a lot of us that wanted to uh, create a, a voice um, for what was happening specifically at the time in Colorado. So I, re- I remember three years ago, just um, y- you might have been there, Andrew, but sitting on this, or standing on the steps of the Colorado State Capitol three years ago. There was a proposition that was going on the ballot and that could have essentially ended oil and gas as we know it in Colorado. And frankly, we were afraid. You know, we were afraid for our jobs. We were afraid for our communities. And we didn't feel like we really had a voice. And at that time, we got together and we said, how can we create a voice for people that don't have a voice and and understand what's going on and how they're going to be impacted? Um, We started out really as a raw Facebook group that had about 5,000 members, and now we've grown to over 80,000, and it's it's developed over three years of of getting people like like you guys um, to to help and to create a voice and to educate about what our industry is and, and what it's not. So that's kind of how it started. Sounds great, Luke. I mean, it, it, it sounds like y'all have really grown in, in the past several years. And, you know, for, for me being here in Texas, even I've been engaged in Energy Strong. I know that it started in Colorado, but you really are getting a national reach. So um, from, from your perspective, what kind of impact do you think that Energy Strong has had so far on the oil and gas industry, bringing, that, bringing those voices to the stage? I think we've definitely had an impact. Um, I think there's a lot more that we can do. It seems like it's um, um, originally it was uh, giving testimony at the state capitol, going to city council and, and county county meetings, um, speaking to county commissioners. And ironically, just a lot of people, like we'd show up to these meetings and there were nobody from the industry. Um, and we we sincerely got outworked by a vocal a minority. And when I say vocal, it wasn't, it was vocal. It was just very um, anti-oil and gas. Oil and gas is bad, and we need to end it. And so we created a, uh, a voice where we showed up and we were able to give personal testimonies, whether you were a, a, a blue-collar or white-collar employee in the oil and gas industry. And then we started to realize that it wasn't just oil and gas uh, workers. It wasn't just oil and gas employees. In, in communities, for example, in northeastern Colorado, there's, there's farmers, there's dairymen, there's people that are part of these communities that 
are moving there that love the industry. They love what it's done to their communities. I think about Eaton, Colorado, and their rec center out there in the middle of nowhere that have the most beautiful amenities from um, the oil and gas operations out there. So it's, it doesn't just affect the oil and gas worker. It affects a whole lot more, and I think that's what Energy Strong is, has, has done. If I can piggyback off that comment about the vocal minority, why do you think the vocal minority has such traction relative to an industry of our size and stature? How do they capture the audience? Yeah, that's a good question, and I think I think there's a lots of different ways to answer that. I, if I was to say, um, from my own my own opinion, is they're very passionate about it. They they have passion. They believe in it. Um, and initially, it was it was uh, big oil or big corporations, quote unquote, versus versus um, the little the little people. So they naturally have this um, this big versus little, and what we found is is much different. Um, Energy Strong is made up of just norm, normal everyday um, people that live in and work in these communities. Um, I personally, I I believe in domestic energy, um, and I'm also an environmentalist. I love I love the outdoors. Just this last weekend, I was up in the mountains and hiking up at Rocky Mountain National Park, and I I hiked with a <laughs> I hiked with a friend that is not in the industry, that uh, in fact uh, doesn't really like the industry, and we started talking about it, and by the time we were done with this hike, we hiked all the way up to thirteen thousand feet, and we talked a, a lot about why I support oil and gas, and by the time we were done. Um, uh, my friend was like, "Wow, I didn't know anything about that." <laughs> so it's it's a lot of misconception, and it takes um, it takes people like you know eighty thousand plus, hundred thousand plus people to talk to their friends, to talk to their communities, because frankly, a lot of people just don't a lot of people don't understand what we even do. It's it's been a kind of a mystery in the past, and that has to change. And I, I think part of it is is not just bringing the narrative but sharing the data. And so I see that, that a big um, difference that we have with getting the message out is you have to have both. You have to have real data that the engineers can understand, but also to be able to describe that data to anybody. What does it mean, right? Um, and then to translate that data into a story. And this is why this is important to me um, to see that this is what the data shows. So, so we have to be able to, to span both, you know, the softer side as well um, as the science side. And I think that's something that we can, that we can do through this podcast and bringing, bringing on different people with different backgrounds. Yep. Just a simple thought of, of that electricity is a secondary source of energy. It has to be generated by something just by talking about how, how is energy produced. When we think of oil and gas, we think fueling up your car, but we don't understand that it's a primary source of energy that, that generates electricity, that produces thousands of products. There, there's just so much to uh, petroleum products that people simply don't 
understand, if they understood the impacts that it would that would result of them not having it in their lives, then they might change their perspective a little bit. Um, and that's and that's what Energy Strong um, uh, is focused on. And the one thing that I want to highlight is that um, we educate and advocate for domestic energy, but we also advocate for the environment. The environment is a very big part of, of our, our mission, is we want to live in a safe, um, clean um, community and society. We want to protect our environment. And, and some people think that because we work in oil and gas, um, that's not important to us. And that's, that's, not, that's simply not the case. Yeah, so I had a conversation similar to that with, with some family members recently where the topic of oil and gas came up and, and I was expressing some of my feelings about how well we're doing at starting to improve our environmental footprint and especially how that compares to other areas of the world that produce oil and natural gas and making the argument that, you know, oil and gas produced in the U.S. is the cleanest in the world. And they raised the question of, well, what do you mean by that? Like, how how is it clean? And so I think part of what we want to do going forward, and, and I know what Energy Strong wants to do, is really get that messaging out about what it is that the industry in the U.S. is doing to really be cleaner. And especially, I mean, you can you can look back 10 years ago and it's a completely different industry and you look back 50 years ago and you would never even recognize it. So can you talk a little bit, Luke, about some of that messaging in particular that Energy Strong is doing to get those environmental improvements out there and, and educate people on that? Yeah, most definitely. I think that, uh, you know, I, I actually come from outside the industry. I, I worked in heavy construction. I've been in the industry for eight years now. And I was a part of lots of energy projects. Um, I I worked on a geothermal project. I worked for the for the Bureau of Reclamation hydroelectricity. We we did a dam, uh, a large wind turbine project, a compressor station, which I knew very little about, and then I did a methane capture project, which was uh, for in, in at a dairy, like a ten thousand head dairy in in southern Idaho, and that's where I came from. Then I joined the industry, and I was. I had a lot of misconceptions about the industry, and I was like, whoa, this is a lot different. And so to, to, to say it simply, um, in the last eight years, um, we, we are, uh, before COVID, pre, pre-COVID, we were producing quadruple the production in Colorado, and our emissions have, have lowered by nearly 50%. So we've four times the production, our emissions have lowered. So, so technology is, is a big thing in our industry right now, and it's exciting for our industry. Um, natural gas has been a big contributor to lowering of emissions uh, nationwide, where we've cut more emissions than any other country in the world because of, of natural gas. So there's a lot of things that we can talk about um, in detail and and with with data, but that, those are some of the things that I'm passionate about. Is is uh, what we've done in the short term, and and the future is actually pretty bright um, if people can open their minds to what technology can do to, and and our biggest thing is how can we produce low cost, reliable energy and be stewards of the environment. So that's our focus. A lot of the energy focus and improvement has come from companies like yours, Luke. So you co-founded a company 
in 2020, correct? Last year, just last yep. year. Uh, Clean Connect AI that is, I think, a really awesome platform for leak detection and emissions detection from oil and gas production facilities. So why don't you tell us a little bit about that and the role that that company plays in promoting cleaner operating in production in the United States? Yeah, I appreciate that. I I spend most of my time with um, with the companies that actually pay me, <laughs> pay me. But uh, Energy Strong is a volunteer based organization, um, and uh, and I do work in the industry. Um, and Clean Connect was founded last year. I spent the lo- I spent two days this week involved in the EPA uh, methane detection technology workshop, um, and that uh, for two days straight. Uh, we had stakeholders um, uh, and different scientists and industry experts that talked about technology. Um, and Clean Connect AI was founded on on how can we continuously monitor VOC emissions um, and methane is a common word that maybe people outside the industry uh, are associated with. But how can we reduce fugitive emissions? How can we pinpoint um, and not only pinpoint but quantify emissions in real time and that's that's the thing that we focus on and other ai models that improve operational efficiency the more efficient and the more clean we are the better it is not only for the environment but for the operator Um, but that's what we do at clean connect and i think it's important to note that as far as emissions reductions go Part of it is regulatory driven, right? We have EPA and states making new rules almost every day. But from what you're seeing at Clean Connect, has that been regulatory driven or has it been the oil and gas operators themselves doing their own initiatives or a bit of both? Uh, I'd say both. Um, The ironic thing about it is people think that Colorado which has been very, very highly regulated, probably more than any place in the country over the last couple of years. I don't think you would debate that, Andrew. I, uh, Colorado's been definitely the number one regu- regu- regulated area in the country. Um, the, the interesting thing about the EPA conference, it, was, it wasn't focused on Colorado. It was focused on Texas. And so people that are outside of, of the state of Colorado are definitely how because a lot of the investment a lot of the future development is based on their esg score their environmental score um and so yes sometimes it's regular regulation driven and sometimes they just operators just want to do the right thing and i would say it's a combination of both we want to do the right thing we want to be environmental stewards um and um and then ai is a is a Thing where we can not only do those things, but hopefully not increase our costs so it doesn't even make sense to produce um, the product. I think the regulatory climate's just accelerating what the en- energy industry was already doing, right? I mean, oil and gas has been doing ESG way before it was the, you know, cool thing to do, right? It's only within the last year or two that you've really heard ESG and the regulatory climate's really ramped up outside of Colorado, not just in Colorado, but elsewhere. And I think that's just accelerating what oil and gas companies were already doing, which was, hey, we need to be 
better stewards of the environment, operate more responsibly. And it's really just promoted, I think, additional growth in that sector. So it's, I agree with you, it's probably a play on both of that. But, but my overall feeling from the conference um, uh, is operators want to do the right thing. They want to they want to produce low cost, reliable energy, and and be stewards of the environments. The the thing that I love the most about the industry, um, honestly, is what a generous industry it really is. Like I, I came from an, a different industry, heavy construction, and it just there's no there's no other people like the oil and gas industry and how they give back to their communities. And people that aren't a part of this industry, they don't understand it. But we give back to our communities. Energy Strong um, specifically um, is part of helping minority organizations, uh, animal shelters. We, we're doing an event that's going to support breast cancer fundraiser. Um, and then we've got other, other organizations that we're seeking out to help. And, to, um, and that, that's a big part of what we do. Um, Colorado alone gave, uh, you know, the tax revenue back to schools was a billion dollars in Colorado. So people don't understand um, how much of an impact we have on communities. So that's a, that's a big part of it. Um, people get focused on certain things and they forget about all the, all the great things that we do, so. Now, Luke, we appreciate your time today. Thanks for everything you do for the industry and best of luck with Clean Connect. It's a great platform, and I'm sure we'll have you on the podcast again. You'll be a reoccurring current guest. We'll look forward to talking to you soon. Well, I appreciate what you guys are doing um, for Energy Strong and for education. I mean, what you're doing is very important, and you guys are volunteers, and you're doing this out of your own time with the support of your companies, and uh, I really appreciate what you're doing. I sincerely do, and um, I, I, I I look forward to the future and um, appreciate the time that, that you gave me here. We will be right back to the Energy Strong podcast, but I want to tell you about our sponsor, SPL. They offer end-to-end testing, measurement, and reporting solutions across the entire hydrocarbon value chain through cutting-edge technology, meticulous processes, and highly qualified personnel. SPL offers insights you can trust and act on. Check them out online at spl-inc.com. That's spl-inc.com. And now... Back to the show. Well, you heard Luke say that one of his favorite things about this industry is how giving it is. And Energy Strong is no different. I would argue that philanthropy is one of the pillars of this organization. It's why Energy Strong has such a great following. And we want the podcast to be no different. We want to give back as well. So each quarter, we're going to choose a nonprofit from our community. And the money we raise through sponsorships of the podcast are going to be donated directly back to that organization of our choice. And I'm really excited about our first organization, which is the Porter Billups Leadership Academy in Denver. This collaboration between Denver native and NBA all-star Chauncey Billups and Regis University head basketball coach and Colorado Sports Hall of Fame inductee Coach Lonnie Porter has helped hundreds, if not thousands, of kids get through school and go to college. It's an absolutely incredible organization, and we're really fortunate to have Coach Porter with us today. Coach, how you doing? I'm doing great, Andrew. Doing even better now that I'm visiting with you. Well, we appreciate your time. Can't wait for everybody to hear about PBLA. And 
why don't we let that be the starting point for the conversation? Tell me about PBLA and the students. What's it all about? Okay, we'll go back from the uh, from the start, the beginning of it. That was uh, kind of like a real unique, you know, situation that happened. That I uh, was kind of like a good friend of mine, Dr. Tom Reynolds, and we were walking on the campus, and he said, "Coach, have you ever thought about starting an academy, non-athletic, non-sports related, for little inner-city kids?" And I said, "Yes, I have thought about it a lot because if I hadn't been a basketball coach." I would have been a headmaster of a, of a school simply because I would, would, would love to have had my own school, set my own rules, and have very old-school type discipline and really teach and have the kids to grow. And so that's, uh, the, that was the starting you know, of, the, of the PBLA. That was 1996. So where is PBLA today? How many students are part of it? And maybe describe what a typical day looks like for each student. We are right now, because of COVID, probably at 215. We like to have 225, and that's a, that's a lot of kids. Uh, uh, that's a great jump from, from 22. We started with 22. And uh, the kids, they are 66% of them come from a free lunch or uh, part paying of their lunch in their schools. They are at risk of not going to, uh, to college, and a lot of them are not uh, at risk of not graduating from high school. And uh, the program is totally free for them. And it's a summer course, so the kids come in the month of June for three weeks, and it's not just a one-and-done one type thing. This is a continuing program, right? So Correct. fourth grade all the way through 12th grade. Correct. These students are engaged with you every single summer. You got that right. And we look forward to seeing them. We are very excited. Only only difference is they started, when we first started, uh, we started them at six years old. I wish we could still do that now, but we just don't have enough room or the funds to start them at six years old to hire enough staff to take care of those, those kids. So they come in uh, at uh, their rising fourth graders when they first show up here and we try to show them a lot of love and attention uh, because they are very special to us and they're very unique from they are coming from challenged backgrounds and we're trying to do as much as we possibly can to make them be successful in life. So the students are, are part of this program for years. What is the graduation rate? How many kids who go through this program, graduate from high school? 99.5%. That's awesome. That's compared to about 69% uh, that graduate out of uh, uh, the public schools, you know, in, the, in this area. So it's a leadership development academy. What are some of the things the students are learning about each summer? Typical day will start for them. We pick them up at 8.30 and then uh, classes starts and I'm there or Chauncey is there. We uh, meet them at the bus stop and say hello and good morning and all, all those good things. And then they go to class. And let me tell you about the classes. Just read you off a little piece of it. Leadership class, life lessons, financial literacy. And I'm in the financial literacy class, they learn how to, uh, they have a pitch contest and they have a marketplace 
and that comes under financial literacy. Uh, computer code, art, social justice, outdoor education. They learn about so many great topics, and I'm not going to lie. I, I've been through a lot of schooling in my life, and I wish I had taken a financial literacy class at one point. That's two of us. That's two of us. This is really a good one. The Denver Gents is a local uh, club organization here in the in the city of Denver, and they are the sharpest dressing guys you ever want to see. And they have volunteered, that group has volunteered, to come over and teach our young men how to be gentlemen, how to dress. They teach them about hygiene. They teach them how to iron, how to tie a bow tie, how to tie a tie, the bright color shoes to wear with your outfit. They're the sharpest guys going. We expect you to be here every day because it's just three weeks, and we expect you to really do what you are here for, that is to get an education, to get a marketable, trainable, get a marketable, trained skill. Everybody don't have to, you don't have to graduate from college. Most of our kids do. Most of our kids do graduate from college, but you don't have to graduate from college to be a success in life. Go right into that and share some success stories and, and a, a quick anecdote on uh, some alumni of the program. One of the couple stories that are really outstanding and unique, Monique Gonzalez. She, uh, she came here to us when she was eight years old, and now she is a doctor, a doctor of pharmacy. And so it's Dr. Monique Gonzalez. Then there's another young man. His name is Dr. Chris Pride. I taught his grandmother. So she sent him over here when she, he was six years old, and he's the youngest that ever entered the PBLA. Now he is down in Atlanta, Georgia, with the CDC, and he also runs and owns his own clinic. So many great success stories. It's such a great program. Coach, I want to close it with the question that I posed to you last week when we were talking, and... We were talking about how reliable, affordable energy impacts and enriches the lives of these students. And you had a, a great story and a great anecdote. So if you didn't mind sharing that, that'd be awesome. Sure. I was born in a little town in Goodman, Mississippi. My parents were sharecroppers, moved to Indiana, Indianapolis uh, in the early 50s. And I just wanted to help young people, I wanted to do it all my life. And that's like the uh, energy that we're talking about now uh, because of uh, sometimes selfish landlords and private owners. Some of our kids, they do not have control of their lives as it relates to uh, being energy efficient. The low income households are sometimes forced to make a trade off between energy use at home and other basic needs. Now, students are likely to have experienced or will experience electricity termination, their power being cut off. This impacts their health and their safety. And then using space heaters and candles is very, very dangerous and contributes also to social stigmas. Now, how can we help? It's by teaching, showing, taking some time. If you're a professional, take some time and teach and volunteer. Give of yourself you know, to the community. Well, I know the, the listeners of this podcast 
would absolutely agree the necessity for affordable, reliable energy so that people don't have to live that way. I think it's hard to imagine that there are still people that that have to live like that. Coach, I can't say thanks enough for coming on, talking about PBLA. If you're listening, it's the Porter Billups Leadership Academy in Denver. Sponsorship proceeds from this podcast for this quarter are going to go straight back to PBLA to support the kids and the program. If you want to make a donation beside that, you can look up PBLA online. And Coach, where can where can people make donations? Uh, at Regis University. Send it to PBLA at Regis University in Denver, Colorado. One last thing, Andrew. My buddy, my partner, says to tell you, tell you hello. And he said he's sorry that he couldn't be here with me. That's Chauncey, Chauncey Phillips. But uh, he's, he's got a little full-time job now. I teach him this. Yeah, he's a little, he's a little busy uh, getting ready for the NBA season, so we get it. Okay. Well, Coach, we appreciate your time, and thank you so much for joining us. And we'll touch base again very soon, I'm sure. Thank you, Andrew. Appreciate you. Well, thanks, Andrew. That was a really great interview with Coach Porter. Really great to hear from him and, and hear all the great things that PBLA is doing. Looking forward to uh, hearing some more about other organizations that we contribute to. Yeah, I'm so excited that we can support PBLA through this podcast this time around. It's such a great organization. I've been around it. Chauncey's involved. The The kids love Chauncey and Coach Porter and all the teachers, and it's just a really great organization. And yeah, it's glad that we can uh, kind of put our money where our mouth is here uh, with this podcast and make sure that we're living up to that that reputation that the industry has of, of giving back to the community. Well, that's it for this first episode of the Energy Strong podcast. Don't miss our next episode when we have a conversation with Jan Coleman, mayor of Thornton, Colorado, about the interface between housing development and energy development and how those two conflicting interests can work together. As we mentioned at the top, we have a lot of exciting topics that we want to talk about on this podcast going forward. If you have any questions or comments about the podcast, or if you have any topics in particular that you would like to hear us talk about, you can reach us on LinkedIn at Energy Strong, on Twitter at Energy Strong Pod, or at the Energy Strong website, energystrong.com slash podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen. And if you like what we're talking about here, be sure to share it with a friend. 